This is a conversation that if you're taking your email marketing seriously, if you're looking to get better quality leads seriously, you can't miss this conversation. Let's dive in. What's going on, Marketing Stream viewers? My name is Jason Pantana, your host, and I am thrilled for today's conversation. Today, we're gonna talk about email marketing, and we're gonna go super deep on email marketing. This is gonna be a very tactical and prescriptive conversation on email marketing. We'll talk about spam, avoiding spams, warming up emails, talk about email service providers, talk about who to email, who not to email, and all kinds of stuff. Today, I am joined by Alex Berman. Alex is the co-founder of BotFuse, which is a chatbot company, but he's also a prolific email marketing expert. Specifically, he's known for cold email marketing, which is typically business to business. I just finished it. It's a blast of a conversation. You're going to want to hang in from start to finish and hear this out because the level of specificity in terms of what you should or shouldn't be doing with email marketing. So this is a conversation that if you're taking your email marketing seriously, if you're looking to get better quality leads seriously, you can't miss this conversation. Let's dive in. Thank you, man, for joining us. I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. So let's kind of kick it off with email marketing first and foremost. For anybody who's struggling with spam issues, who do I email? When do I email? What are best practices? I really want to answer those questions. So this, I can already tell you, is going to be an interview not to tune away from. You're going to want to listen the whole way through. Um, Alex, can you kind of give us sort of a, a high level working knowledge of how does email marketing actually work? And I know that's a basic question, but I want people to kind of understand like the true differences between sending Gmail or Outlook or something like that versus what is um, a mass email? How does it function? Sure. So email, I mean, you all know email. So it, it's Gmail, like we talk about. It's sending emails to customers to get them interested in whatever you're trying to sell them and get them to do whatever you want them to do. That's what email is. Um, you were asking technical questions. So you could either send, you could send a couple ways. You could send through Gmail, which is good for just sending one-to-one -one emails. Yeah. And there's some other tools that plug into Gmail. You can send via something like a Aweber or a Constant or Contact or MailChimp, Boomerang. which, yeah, yeah anything, <laughs> which allows you to send to a mass list. Um, or there's even other tools for cold email, like things like Lemlist or Mailshake, which are made for outbound emails. And all three of those treat email in a very different way. So uh, I, I think, okay, <laughs> so one-to-one <laughs> -one Gmail accounts are both the sketchiest way to send emails and the best way to send emails, depending on how uh, how warmed up and how ready to go your Gmail account is. So I know personally, when I send cold emails, most of the time I am actually just using, you know, alexberman8 at gmail.com. Because it's, okay. it's been for, I've had it for eight months or eight years. I've had it for eight years. It's my main email address. It's very warmed up. And we'll talk about warmups in a second and how you can use that to boost your sender score. But Google, who runs Gmail. They're the ones, you know, the main arbiters of whether something's in spam or not. Gmail's one of the top inboxes out there. Yeah. They, one of the ways they decide if an email is spam or not is the sender reputation. So if your Gmail account is very old, Google loves that because they also get all the data because a Gmail account is a Google account. Totally. So we'll mostly either send from Gmail accounts or we'll use Google apps for work, which is Google's custom domain server. Um, so you buy the domain from Google, you run the email campaign through Google, 
and then everything typically, as long as you're not spamming, works works very well. And we'll talk about what spam is and what spam is in, in a second. So that's one to one. What's mass email? And then you mentioned outbound email too. Just yeah. to get the three. Mass points. email would be if you bought a list, you load it into your Mailchimp, you load it into your uh, Aweber, and it runs through their servers to blast the email campaign out. A lot of times, these emails end up in the promotions folder. And actually, Google has special filters. They know you're using Mailchimp. They know you're using Aweber. So if you send through those servers, a lot of the times it doesn't matter how customized or how good the emails are you're sending. They will just end up writing promotions. And if they're in promotions, the open rate will drop because do you know where your promotions folder is? When's the last no. time you checked your promotions folder in Gmail? I I, exactly. Where is it? So if you, you really want to end up in that main inbox. So now these other cold email tools, things like Lemlist, things like Mailshake, send through Gmail servers. It's what we use for cold email because they send actually through Gmail servers. So if you warm up your domain, you warm up your email list like we're about to talk about, you can actually trick Google and Microsoft into thinking that you are sending one-to-one -one versus sending on MailChimp. So you will avoid the promo folder much more often that way. So just kind of to repeat back and your knowledge of email is beyond mine, but to repeat back <laughs> what you're saying basically is you, All have, I think a, about is email. you have a very seasoned, <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, um, a, a grill tool or whatever. It's a seasoned sort of, I can't think of a cast iron skillet. I couldn't think of what it was. It's seasoned in that you have an eight-year-old Gmail account. Mm -hmm. And so Google has a lot of trust for that. Now you mentioned using some other Google tools. Were you referring to like G Suite yeah. or it's domain host? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. G Suite for sending, but to warm up an account, maybe we'll talk about this more later, but there are tools called email warmup tools. So there's one I like called uh, warmupinbox.com. And what it basically does is it tricks Gmail by auto-generating text and it sends that text. So it looks like a conversation, sends that text to other people that are using warm inbox. And then those people, if it lands in spam, will unmark as spam auto reply. So what you can basically be doing with email warmups is you have this tool automatically sending and receiving emails all the time, which tricks Google into thinking that you're a non spammer, you know, like you're, <laughs> it tricks it into thinking you're a real person. So what a lot of people will do is they'll set up multiple domains to get around the sending limits of like 150 people. So you could warm up, let's say 10 inboxes. And now instead of sending 150 emails via this, you know, Lemlist or via Mailshake, you're now able to send over a thousand emails a day. It's impressive. And they're all warmed and they're all going to the main inbox. How about that? And then, so you're using like Mailshake or Lemlist as sort of the, they're sort of your email service provider, but they're running everything, not from some shared IP address or shared server, like a MailChimp or a constant contact but they're running through Google's own, I don't know what you, like they're running through Gmail. Yeah, essentially, through right? Gmail servers. And yeah, so what Mailshake and Lemlist are, are they're, they're cold email tools. So they're actually made for personalization, meaning you could take an Excel file where maybe you have like the list of the house the person's interested in, and then you could insert that dynamically into the email. So you could be like, hey, Mark, just uh, wondering if you're still thinking about, you know, XYZ drive, you know, let me know. Right. <laughs> that could be like, an e that. One sentence could be an email you send. That's all right, man. You're getting my you're getting my uh, <laughs> wheels turning here with probably a follow up part two of this conversation at some point. I'm guessing if you're open to it. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about for a second. You're talking about cold and warm emails. I want to kind of break down what that means to. I think most people probably inherently know what it means, but I want to sort of break down what it means to the viewers. And also, I know there's a lot of questions about what about permission marketing. Who can I and can't I email? What's spam? What qualifies as spam? Can you kind of shed some light on those areas? 
Sure. So what qualifies as spam? If you're emailing consumers with a consumer offer, you fall under can spam. So if you're trying to sell residential housing to people that have not opted into your list, technically that's spamming. And I, I don't recommend doing that. If they have opted into your list, maybe via Facebook ad, or you've bought a list who had permission, et cetera, and those people that signed up had permission to be on that list, then actually you're allowed to, you're allowed to send as long as you have an unsubscribe button, as long as you show your address and that's basically the only two criteria. What happens if they start hitting, if tons of people are opting out? Does that bode poorly for me in terms of my reputation? If tons of people are opting out, no. The thing that bodes poorly is if tons of people mark you as spam. And in that case, if if it all goes south, and a lot of the warm-up tools do the measurements, you can see if you're getting marked as, south, as spam, if that goes south and you lose your inbox, start a new one, start warming it up. That's why I never recommend, so if you're new to email, I never recommend you send from your main domain name. So for instance, like if your domain name is, you know, alexberman.com, you'd want to get alexberman.io or alexberman.org and send from that email instead. Clever. That way, if anything goes south, you can just move to the next one, .net. Yeah. And you want to keep your main domain as pristine as possible so that let's say you're emailing real clients or real people that matter. You want zero spam risk. And, and now you're talking about like my regular one-to-one -one email, just my regular use. Mm -hmm. Cause like I use G Suite, jasonpantana.com. You're talking about that one-to-one -one email, keeping it pristine and not not utilizing that domain with mass email, correct? Exactly. Yeah, because if a if a real estate agent is using the same email they're contacting customers with to send cold emails or warm emails or anything, then what happens when they get marked as spam? Now they're trying to talk to their customers or even trying to talk to their boss or internal emails, and now those are going to spam too. Got it. Now let's talk about what sends emails to spam. You kind of alluded to it a second ago. Um, you talked about like one of the things that sends email to spam or promotions tabs or whatever is just simply the server from which it's coming. Can you kind of walk us through what are some top and common reasons that emails just jump into a spam box? So non-warmed up Gmail account you created yesterday sending 2,000 emails. Number one reason. <laughs> number one reason. Uh, number two reason is using some tools that have been blacklisted. So for instance, sometimes if, Mail, if MailChimp sends to a certain server that has been blacklisted and they haven't removed it, you might instantly lose your domain. That's it. That might happen. Um, and you can't tell what servers are blacklisted or not. There's no way to tell. Uh, another thing that might do it is keywords. So uh, there is this whole history around email, 40 years of email history about what makes a spam message. So if you're using words like free or even words like buy now or special offer or like you start saying the names of prescription drugs, you know, or or you even say like, you know, prints, you know, like Nigerian prints or anything right. like that. A million dollar check, you know, like you start saying yeah. some stuff like that. And now it doesn't matter because your emails are just going to be auto flagged. Uh, a lot of this flagging is done by AI. So if it even reads or feels like a spam message, then it's going to get marked as spam. And then the final way you can get marked as spam is if somebody manually marks you as spam. So for instance, let's say you're emailing a list that's fairly cold, like maybe you bought them, but you don't introduce yourself correctly or you don't send a, rel a email that actually makes sense to them. They might just mark you as spam. And if even if like 10% of people do that, the domain's as good as dead. Hmm. All right. So a couple of things just in best practice right now. One, mm -hmm. don't send email from your primary domain. That's the first thing. No matter how you're doing Especially it. Especially if you're new to this. But yeah, yeah even, even, never do it. <laughs> it seems like you shouldn't do it anyways. Uh, well, granted, I say that, but I look at like big businesses that seem to do it all the time, but maybe they're a bit more polished and perfected in their process. But um, well, big businesses also have email delivery teams. Like one of my friends works at Citibank and he's on the email delivery team. And it's one of, let's say he's on a team of 
30 people whose only job is to get the emails into the inboxes. So right. if you're doing that, yeah, send from citibank.com, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think that's, I think it's pretty eye opening for anybody listening. Like, oh, I guess I should go buy a new domain. It, maybe it's a new G Suite domain. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a Gmail address. Now I'm curious when you're sending through your Gmail address, and I'm going to try to tie this together best as I possibly can um, for the viewers. But when you're sending it from your Gmail, it's running through Mailshake or Limlight or something like that. Limlist. or Limlist, whatever it was, Limlist. Um, does it say it's sent from that or does it get sent from a different alias email address typically? It sends from whatever email address you want. Okay, so in terms of, so when the, when the recipient gets the email, it says from um, whatever your Gmail address is. Yeah, and that's actually another main problem with using AWeber or Mail chimp or any of those is it it goes through their own emails a lot of the time so it's you know yeah it shows as an alias it could be marked as phishing meaning you could get that little warning at the top of your gmail account which just huh. disincentivizes people to click away or mark as spam uh, so it, it you can avoid all that by just sending as a, a all right so just on, just kind of breaking back site. peeling back the layer a little bit it seems like a lot of these major providers mailchimp or whatever so they must have their, forgive my naivety, but they must have their own emails that they're warming up on a regular basis. And I'm just sending through one of their emails, but it's being marked as an alias of my own email or am I completely so cold, misunderstanding? So email warmups and domain reputation is something that a lot of these guys ignored. This came from the cold email. This came from the darkest web of spammers Got it. <laughs> and then became a little bit more gray. And now it's, I would say it's, it's white hat technique. Yeah. In terms of email spammers. So or in, yeah, in terms of getting your, your inbox stuff delivered to the point where now there's dozens of companies that are doing warmups. This is brand new. This is like huh. less than six months old. People started doing this stuff. Before that, everyone had their own tools and stealth. <laughs> and they were warm. So, so theoretically, you've been warming up emails for years, just kind of in your mm -hmm. own method. And now, some yeah, the way we used to do it was manually. We used to go in and sign up for BuzzFeed and sign up for newsletters and send emails to 10 friends and have those 10 friends send it back to you. These tools just automate what we've been doing for years. Yeah. Do you foresee any point in time where, and this might be like me just looking for the magic behind it all, do you see any point in time where maybe Google gets wise to some of these automated tools and finds a way around them? Or do you think that they're pretty legit? So, the reason why they work and why it's hard for Google is it's not like everyone's sending the same message. It's It uses stuff like like uh, in GPT-3, like the AI text writing to write things that look to a, another computer like written text, sends completely uh, original text and replies with completely original text. It's a tough one. <laughs> it's, a, right. it's a tough one to, to break. All right, so just in terms of action steps for listeners right now, yeah. first things first is unless you have a 30 person email delivery team working for you, you're not going to want to send using your own domain. You're going to want to get a different domain from which you send your email. So for example, if I have jasonpantana.com, I might want to go get jasonpantana.co and then maybe host it through G Suite or whatever so I can have all the Gmail bells and whistles, so to speak. And then second step would be to start warming up that domain and those emails associated with that domain, correct? Yeah. And warming it up is, is one or two clicks. Um, if you're using... Mailshake, you might have to use another tool like Warm Up Inbox, or if you're using Lemlist, it has Warm Ups actually built in. They call it okay. Lemwarm. Okay. All right. So you got to get a separate domain. You got to start warming up the emails associated with that domain. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to like uh, domain hosted email, like like G Suite for instance, just because it does give some vanity met like some vanity component to it, whereby it's it looks like a branded email address versus a Gmail or a Yahoo. But it seems like you might I have am, a different no. opinion. <laughs> so. 
I used to think that way too. And I think in some areas it's good. I'm a CEO and like a chairman, meaning like if I want to get shit done, I think it has more power coming from a Gmail account. Like if you were if you were emailing like Brad Pitt, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be like Brad at bradpitt.com. <laughs> if you're emailing like uh, yeah, anyone, anyone up there is gonna have like a random Gmail account that they send from. So okay. I think for positioning wise, it makes sense for me. For real estate agents, maybe it should be, you know, like Brad at Christie's.com or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. for my space, I, I'm gonna say to agents, I still think branded email for yeah. us because we're working with consumers makes sense. But I agree, like Brad Pitt's not- What if you Brad. moved up and you wanted to start doing $400 million real estate deals? I mean, maybe you to get a Comcast email them. address. Maybe maybe yeah. Nobel South email, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm looking, through my, I'm looking for the next question I wanna ask you because you got my brain spinning really good here. Um, what are some of the best in email practices that agents or anybody listening could really adopt right now in terms of- improving their open rates, improving their email performance, et cetera, et cetera, just in email best practices. We've talked a lot about like setting up the email, but what about the email itself? So first thing you want to do is get rid of the just checking in email, meaning do not email your list unless you have an actual offer for them or a reason for them. And then the email I would, I would send is something to this degree, like, you know, hey, Mark, just thinking about you. How, how was it? Hey, Mark, just thinking about you. Would love to know, are you still looking for property in, you know, Gainesville, Florida? Got it. So just a straight That's the email. That's all you're like, you know, you know it's a right, million I got a things. question. What about my, as I, as I lose credibility with my own audience right now, what about uh, like, so email newsletters have been around for a long time for agents. I'll kind of give some context to this. For real estate marketing, we find that top of mind awareness and building yourself as an agent of choice in a local community and being Mr. or Miss real estate in a specific market area tends to go a long way. Top of mind awareness, generating trust, yada, yada, yada. So we've put a lot of stock in the past behind, hey, we should send out really great email newsletters. But the problem with that has been that agents are busy, just like with anything else, they don't wanna create, it's not that they don't want to, it's that the notion of creating content, making videos, sharing on social, sending emails, all of those things kind of take a back seat when it comes to being busy selling houses and working and moving property forward. So there's all these companies out there that send canned email stuff. They're just newsletters about winterizing your property when you live in Arizona or something like that. So I am not a proponent of canned newsletters, but I do talk quite a bit about creating really quality content sort of digest or having some kind of a once a week sending out your best stuff to your clientele on your database, essentially on a regular basis. Good, bad, or indifferent? I would do more research, meaning which of your clientele are actually going to buy another house? Okay. Only talk to those guys. You know, <laughs> that's it. Who cares about the newlywed couple that just moved in last year? They're probably going to be there 30 years. Well, can I challenge That's the way you? I would think about it. Can I challenge? So if I, I've got I, the expert, I want to challenge you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, so for example. Because I'm not in this space. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I know, but you're in the email space and I'm in the real estate space. And so like, I know, for example, that um, the number one source of business for an agent just about anywhere is referrals and relationships through past clients and sphere of influence contacts. There we go. So okay, my ability perfect. to maintain relationship with people after they bought the house, not making everything always about real estate, but being the know you, like you, trust you advisor, being approachable is what maintains my ability to get your referrals when your mom or dad wants to buy or downsize or whatever. So we typically look at these emails, not as a way to try to sell you a house, but as a way to make sure you remember us. 
in the event you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell a house. So it's much, it's at least one step removed. So we've looked at email marketing as kind of a top of mind awareness branding strategy more than a sales strategy. Does that make sense? It does. And I think, I don't want to say it's a misuse of email because I don't know enough about the industry. All I know is, let's say it's not an email. Let's say it's a phone number. All right. So I have your phone number. Yeah. And every week I call you and I say something that you don't care about. And then you hang up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that building the relationship? (laughs) Who's to say we don't do that too? Um, (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. So we should... So the, the point of view here is look at email as a, I've got something of importance I would say, to share with you. So think about what you're doing with email. If the goal is to get referrals, ask them for referrals. Hey, heard, uh, you know, how's, that, how's everything going? Heard you moved in and it worked out really well. Is there anyone you might refer my way? Always looking for new business. So you tend to be more through, I'm going to put this, uh, like I know I'm interviewing you and I'm supposed to be all suave yeah. in terms of moving to the next topic, but I really want to drill down on this one. This one's fascinating to me. So email is more of a, I have a question, typically a calibrated ask. I want you to do this or that, make an offer of some type. You see it more through that lens than through just the channel to stay in front of people. I think I tend to see it more through a broadcast lens where it's, it's a way of staying in front of people. And similarly to if I ran a Facebook ad or I boosted a post or something like that. Soft. And I think that's, well, I just think that's a little bit of a misuse of how cool of a tool email is. <laughs> like way, you're going directly into down someone's gently. work inbox. You know what I'm saying? Like they get five yeah. emails a day. One is from you. You know what I'm saying? Like the cleaner you get that, the better. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would say you. try to keep that communication channel as clear as possible. And yeah, you can run Facebook ads or whatever. Like that's all fine. There's so Last- much noise there, but you want, you want, I want to try to keep the pipe as clear as possible because then when you do ask for a referral, then they're more likely to, to respond. And so they do the- remember, it's not like they don't rem- like they bought their house from you. If you just say, Hey, I remember when you bought this house for me, they're going to know who you are. Say, but I would tell you, you'd be surprised. Uh, what is the stat from national association of realtors last year that 91% of buyers claim they'll use their agent again and only 13% do. Mm-hmm. And so they typically meet in, there's, there's like 2 million real estate agents in the U S so what tends to happen is they meet somebody else and then it's proximity and, oh, Alex isn't going to remember. He's not going to know if we bought a house, it's innocent or whatever. So I'll say, I'll, I'll put it like, I'm going to defer to your expertise. I'm, mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, I know top of mind awareness and staying in front of your audience is super critical. At the same time, I know every time you send an email, you're at risk of damaging your ability to send the next email, Correct. Yes, it 100% 100 depends on your market. So for instance, like the only real estate I buy is investment real estate. So if my real estate agent in Granite City was like, hey man, got this house. He does this all the time, but they're not relevant. So I started ignoring his emails. If if I'm like, if, if I say something like I'm only interested in quadplexes or higher with, you know, this kind of thing. And then he sends anything that's not that I'm going to stop checking his emails. And I have, and I have stopped checking his emails. But if he had sent me like three or four really good deals and actually thought about it and thought about it doesn't mean think about me specifically, but put me in the category with other people or make a little note next to my, next to my account, only send me emails relevant to me. So then, yeah, I don't care. You know, I don't care about winterizing my house. I do care if he has another good deal. I just can see it from that point of view. So I think I'm I'm thinking about something I listened to Neil Patel say before, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with Neil Patel's points of view. I think he's got some good stuff to say from time to time on SEO and whatnot, but he had a thing like basically where, Hey, look, it matters about categorizing your lists. 
Um, and if you have people who haven't opened a certain number of your emails after a certain number of goes, you need to have a way of downshifting them out of the list. Because I think you're right. I think if people are like, you've been conditioned to not open your realtor's emails purely. Yeah. And the more hyper-personalized it was, the better. Meaning like, okay, maybe you do have, maybe 5% of your clients are the whales that are investing customers that are down to buy anytime, anywhere. Focus on those guys, first of all. Second of all, then maybe 30% are the newlywed couples where you're trying to get their parents to buy or you're trying to get referrals. You should send those guys emails asking for referrals. And then the rest of the list might be the ones that are going to not talk to you anyway. So ignore them. What do you need them for? <laughs> one last idea. I'm just thinking yeah. of one more thing, which is what we could do is start another domain. And I have my, this is my bulk email domain and this is my personalized email domain. And so, cause I think a lot of agents are probably thinking, but I don't have something to send to everybody all the time. I don't always have right. a deal. I don't always need to ask for a referral or I would be that guy or that girl who's always asking for referrals. But I know that I do need to stay in front of them all the time. And they're going to be looking at email as a vi. I have their email address. I have the permission to email them. So what if you were, <laughs> I'm asking for your permission. What if you had an email that was designed for sending kind of my, my newsletter where it's content? Um, like for example, sending a once a week update of, Hey, here's the content we produce this week for our clients. We hope you find it useful just to have that steady newsletter as component, but then a different domain, so to speak, that was sending your other personalized email. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And that might be the compromise. I don't know. Cause I got to defer to your expertise there in that this, this, I think works. we're going to have to do a round. I, mean, I literally am just thinking about it. Like, okay, let's say there is a client that I really like, okay. I sell mobile apps. $200,000 mobile app, similar size to like a small house, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If I email this guy and ask for referrals and he doesn't have any referrals, I won't talk to him for a couple months, you know, and then like in a couple months, I'll be like, let's, let's hop on a call. And then on that call, I'll ask if he has any referrals, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe. Um, the, the thing I would say like is, certainly you could fill in with social media. There are other, yeah. like a lot of people send out postcards and they run Google display network ads. Well, that's they, the thing. Like you, you, you can be okay with losing these clients because if you focus on your 5% of whales and I'm totally riffing just based on who I am in real estate, you know what I'm saying? Fine. I'm not the whale, but I'm a guy that's down to buy shit way more often than like a right. single family. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like focus on your 5% of the whales, do your custom outreach to them and then try to identify the ones most likely to, to refer. And then, yeah, everyone else, if you think they're going to bounce, then yeah, do whatever you want with them. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pond, I'm going to lay this one as I am in a point of inquiry in terms of thinking, I'm probably going to want to follow up with you on this. Are you open to a round mm -hmm. two? If we do a round two? Yeah, I'm done. I'll have had I'm time done. at that point to process my feelings and come at you with a thousand <laughs> questions. How does that sound? That sounds good. And I'm okay. not, it's not like a battle, you know, it's not like cold versus warm. I think do whatever works, right? Our, our end goal is to make sure that the real estate agents sell as much as possible. Agreed. I do think, I think if you're getting a lot of no-shows and you're getting unqualified leads, maybe it's because the email newsletter. Well, it's like, if, even if you look at MailChimp's reports, I think MailChimp reports the average open rate for an email from a real estate agent is like 19.1%. So it's not, it's not a great open rate. Um, so should I send more email to get more opens? Probably not. I should probably I go- you just need more You just need more qualified emails and you need a reason to email them. That's, that's it. That's right. And, yeah. and the, the reason to email them could be sending them this article on winterizing their house. That is actually a very valid touch point as long really as that's, you know, as long as it's written in a way, like I would write it like, you know, Hey, uh, Hey, I live in Arizona too. And I'm trying to winterize my house for whatever reason. Here's a great article I found. 
<laughs> so I think what you're saying is super fascinating. Um, I'm, I'm learning a lot. And I think what is also true about email is, look, it's kind of a squirrely little thing. There's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of AI and there's a lot of filters looking to keep spam out and protect their users. And so it needs to be used. This, with great power comes great responsibility. Email marketing needs to be used intelligently. And I think it could be as simple as what you said, which is having a reason for emailing, which isn't always going to be having a, hey, buy this house or list a house with me. It could just be, hey, winterize your pipes or something of value. Is there anything else you would comment on with that? Think of email less like a Facebook ad and more like a phone call. I think that's super good. (laughs) And I'm never going to forget the, (laughs) how often you call them once a week and just say, big gulps, huh? (laughs) And then move along. Yeah. I love it. All right, man. This has been, uh, I'm respecting your time. I know I got to let you go. I'll have more questions. And anybody watching, I bet you have questions too. So just drop it in the chat, wherever you're watching. So I can pepper him with a bunch more email marketing types of questions and get straight answers and facts so y'all can win in your businesses. Um, Alex, where can they connect with you? So I would go first to botfuse.com and sign up. It's a free trial. And then you can follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Alex Berman. I subscribed. I subscribed. Yeah. It was good. Amazing. I had fun watching you call a guy a spammer on the video. It was fun today. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks.